it was a very slow growth. So I, I think definitely the seed was planted there, but it took another two years or so after that, at right. least minimum for me to fully realize where I was at in life and where, and that I didn't want to be where I was at and had to shift directions and try and work towards bettering myself in the long run. It's, it's a really long process when you're deep in that hole of darkness trying to seek the light because it's just so faint. That hope is just so faint that you need to just take baby steps, take little steps, those little movements, the little shifts in your mindset gradually in five years can result in some beautiful, beautiful things. But that process, the journey is not easy whatsoever, but it's worth it 100%. The inspiring previous show, part one of this series, ended with 10-year-old Elle doing an amazing life-saving rescue of her dear old dad. Because there's so much to talk about, we're going to skip the rest of her preteen years and head towards the end of Elle's middle school. There we'll talk about her infamous flower list, run in with the police, food struggles, self-love, relationship problems, inner demons, confidence building techniques, and a great hack that is beyond resourceful. Just a quick reminder before we start chatting about Elle's many difficulties is that you should know we have a free five-day challenge that includes our Art of Adulting guidebook to help you overcome many of the struggles that Elle talks about. Go to PowerAdulting.com growth to get yours today. This is the Power Adulting Podcast, where we are hunting down the experiences, struggles, and golden nuggets of wisdom from our helpful guests. Stay tuned for an exciting weekly adventure that uncovers practical tips, tools, and tactics to get you from stuck in the muck to smashing your way through life's toughest roadblock. I kind of wanted to fast forward to through middle school because, you know, you can, you can kind of imagine that a girl going through this kind of trauma was traumatized. Well, Elle was kind of into her troublemaking to get attention and to fit in with the, the crowd, which was the obvious wrong type of a crowd to be with. She did a lot of silly stuff, uh, but the one that kind of epitomized her troublemaking, they here uh, was a flower list. Would you like to explain the flower list, L? I can explain the flower list. So it's a nicer way of describing the people who myself and a friend of mine did not weren't fond of. And there was a teacher who he was more on it as a joke. And then there was another student who was on it because she was a teacher's pet in a sense, and me as a not-so-nice middle schooler. Maybe it was I resented her for being able to be so involved. I'm not sure why, but we created a flower Ooh, jealous. list. Jealous, yeah, that's that could be a reason why. And we had no intention of hurting anyone. It was more an intimidation, funny, silly, this is funny. It's really not funny looking back on it. You know, looking back, it's crazy that I would even do something like that. But the police took it very seriously. Um, you were old at that point? That was 
seventh grade because I got called into the the principal's office on the last day of school in seventh grade. And there were a lot of police officers waiting for me. So I had to explain the situation and make a few comments that weren't the best things to express to police officers. And we're trying to take a list like that very, very seriously. As a and threat. good. I absolutely they should, you know, I should not have been making any even joking claims about that because it's not funny. But as a young middle schooler, you you don't think about that. You don't think about the repercussions of your actions. And yeah, I'm very thankful that it was 15 years ago and society was a, a little less viral. So I didn't have the internet to be able to make silly, horrible claims about people online. So I'm just thankful that I was able to make those mistakes before they could really leave lasting impact because that's not the kind of mistake anybody should be even joking about because life and death is very fragile and not something to even joke about. Right. Yeah. And it just was not acceptable then uh, and is even more so now with all that has happened in our society in recent years. Mm -hmm. Well, you weren't exactly expelled, but they kind of made it clear that you weren't welcome back at the school. So that's when you started at the new school, right? I did. I did. The next year, I was kindly asked to leave and gladly I did because I I didn't want to be there anyways. So new adventure, more troublemaking. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. New start, but same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and so I'm going to skip through that. It was pretty much the same thing. But high school was the only difference in high school was it seemed things got faster because there were there were now cars available and the adrenaline mm. rush and the addictions with food and drug and alcohol and all of these horrible things. It was some difficult times. To the spiral started very early and carried on long past those high school years. Yeah, dark, dark times. Very. Uh, I think from the out, I couldn't see all that was going on until we talked about it down the road. Uh, I was always thankful that you were at least forthright in what had gone on. But I think on the outside, you'd probably reach due to your comfort food. I don't know if fetish is the right word, but your comfort food addiction. And mm -hmm. there uh, you'd kind of hit a high of 215 or so pounds. Uh, yeah, to, uh, that was the, in my first long-term relationship of three and a half years. It was that, wow, I finally feel somewhat loved, although it's toxic and I hate myself. But, you know, this love is what I needed. And so food became the comfort because I felt like I had the confidence in having a relationship, which is never something you should do. You should never rest your confidence in any other person but yourself. Because as we know, whether through a breakup, through a death, through a loss of a friendship, you know, relationships, unfortunately, don't always last forever. But something that is forever is yourself and finding that love within yourself rather than that love from somebody else. Good, good point. Yeah, I mean, I could kind of, one word summarizes it for me is you were stuck. And more than that, you were stuck in that self-criticism where you were getting support instead of loving yourself. It was trying to get it from someone else. So. Mm -hmm. 
nice that something you could... else, some substance, some person. Or it something. was anything that I could get to feel something because I was too scared to dig into the pit of darkness that was myself. Right. Yeah. That's something for us all to learn from is that covering up what's inside you through other means is the wrong direction. It's going to come out in one way or another uh, negatively unless you deal with it. Absolutely. But there, there was one bright spot in this gloomy time. I was quite impressed that through your self-destructive behaviors, you were holding down part-time jobs and good ones, reasonably high paying for a part-time high school student with things, uh, with a, uh, a place uh, that was uh, was taking care of parties uh, for kids, uh, a job house and so on. And you'd had some other part-time jobs up to that. So anyway, I was impressed that you were able to, I don't know how you held it together, I guess a, a functional addict or something like that. I don't know. but And uh, I think it was a way for me to divert the energy that I had within myself that I was using for self-destructive means. But this was a constructive way, just like some people find they can grow through, say, physical fitness or some other goal-oriented mm. endeavor, career or a job was a way for me to show the greatness I had inside. Although I was battling a lot and a lot of inner demons, I could kind of shut all of those off and walk into a role where I assumed my position and got to really take ownership of this position I had. And so I really did... I love the jobs that I've had. I, I always really invest my whole self into jobs because it was a way for me to show myself and all my different talents that I couldn't see outside of a work role. Right. And I think, yeah, I don't know if you got that job with the uh, Jump House uh, after college or was that still in high school? Because No, that was... That was after I got back from studying abroad in Spain. Right. So that was, yeah. I was 18 at that time. So that was right after first year of college. So yeah, we'll, I'll get into the college here then, but it was just kind of nice to watch you in these part-time jobs take on little bits of supervision and so on. And we'll see how that panned out to be quite a supervisory position once you got back in the traveling or studying abroad. Mm -hmm. So anyway, as far as I kind of wanted to talk about the college where this is kind of where I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. There was out in the horizon somewhere I could, I could see some positive positivity. It was still kind of in junior college, or you call it community college, there was this yin-yang kind of negative, positive dualism where you just started off on your typical horrible track. But I don't know what kicked you in the pants if it was your aunt telling you you're going to have to get your big girl pants on or... or... I, I actually think it was when I passed all my real estate classes and... I passed my real estate license, so I had to take three real estate classes, which I actually took with you, like you know. So we took the real estate classes yeah, well, together. Yeah, let's stop there for a second. Who got the higher grades uh, on most? <laughs> you beat me by like two points, okay? <laughs> but I was bummed that I could not outshine you. But you know, you've got the age on me, so I'm playing the <laughs> age card, the life experience I been card for thirty years, though. <laughs> okay. You win, okay? <laughs> All right. 
Anyway, go ahead. But I think me being able to, I always felt like a failure because of my negative perception of myself. And then I failed two semesters of community college. I had no purpose. I had no passion, no why. I just didn't understand why I was, what I was supposed to do with my life. And so I decided to take these real estate classes with you and passed and ended up getting my real estate license at 19, which felt like a really big accomplishment. And from there, I was like, wow, I can actually accomplish something. Yeah, I didn't want to be a real estate agent, but I realized when I could make it all the way through that and I got this real estate license and certified I was a real estate agent if I wanted to be, it really gave me the fire to be able to realize I could accomplish anything. And that that was the point where I was like, I need to finish what I started, meaning college, and I can do this. I I was able to complete these real estate classes, which were very rigorous classes. I mean, you were were taking online courses and having to complete tests, and it was a very in-depth course or three, three classes. And getting through that, I think I was finally able to look at myself in a different light and realize you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. And that was kind of the light bulb moment for me. Let's do something more. Let's keep pushing. What else can you achieve? That is such a great lesson as far as just some little little bit of positivity and success can be a springboard to so many more things. Mm-hmm. Because it was dark. I mean, you've totally failed. I mean, you weren't showing up. You weren't, you were probably partying. You weren't going to class. Two semesters of straight Fs. And then you turned it around to get a 4.0 GPA and get accepted into Berkeley, UCLA, and UC San Diego, where you ended up going Mm -hmm. and just about any other place that you wanted to apply to. So it is a true testimony that, that Failure isn't permanent. In fact, there was one lesson that Miss Cousineau taught you. Would you like to share that? Yeah, I remember we were at a on a camping trip one time and we were out at this like river or lake or something and we were with her family and her her kids are like just extremely gifted. They put their mind to sports and schools and they're just they really, really have always excelled. And super achievers, yeah. Super achievers. And I, I always admired them for that. And we were on this camping trip and And I don't remember what the context of the situation was, but I remember her saying, and I had to have been a teenager. This had to be between 12 and 15 would be my guess when this was. And she said this quote, she said, A's are awesome and B's are bad. And it didn't occur to me. I I didn't remember it until I was in college, in community college. And somehow that quote and this memory came back to me. And I can vividly remember sitting in their van and her saying this, and it came back to me and it has always stuck with me. You know, if you're going to do something, you better give it your all. You better work your hardest and you better get that A because A's are awesome. B's are not good enough. And that really pushed me to excel in college and achieve my very best because I was always shooting for the top. I wasn't shooting for this is good enough. I was shooting for the best and not anybody else's best, but my best. And my best was reaching those A's. And it was really, really rewarding to get those A's. And I felt that same sense of accomplishment as with my real estate classes. Whenever I would come out of a class and I'd get an A, it was like, you did it. You made it through. You just can, you can check this off the list. Heck yeah, go you. You go on to the next one. You give it your very best and you get that A because A's are awesome and B's are bad. 
All right. Well, I just have to kind of mention that for some of us who aren't on that same level with you, I'm a guy who had to work full time in order to pay my way through college. So I was lucky to get out of there uh, with C's. But they do say C's are degrees. (laughs) True, true. I also wasn't always pushing myself to take the most challenging classes. I kind of was like, might as well take the more basic classes and cruise through bare minimum. Let's just get it done and do your very best at the bare minimum. And if you achieve greatness in a bare minimum class, maybe this is a skill that you can grow in. So if I were taking, say, calculus or some extreme science classes, I don't think like my, what was it, semantics class at UCSD, I got a C in semantics because that was just way beyond where I could comprehend. But generally, that was the rule I decided to follow. Yeah, I kind of took the takeaway for me was that it was either A's or F. So the mm-hmm. F's you could repeat like three times, I think. Three and, times and max, could, yes. Yes. But, you know, who cares if you get an F, you can repeat that. If you get a C or something like that, I don't think you can repeat that, can you? Nope, you're stuck with a C. So everyone That's listening, if you are in college and say you're having a rough semester or something came up or you're just the teacher is not your cup of tea, fail the class. Just fail it. I mean, you need to commit another semester to redoing the class. Fail the class and you can retake the class and you can totally wipe that F off your transcript. You've already learned the material once. You just get to learn it even better the second time and you can excel. So that's how you got a 4.0 GPA. You cheated by taking the classes three times. Resourcefulness. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, enough of that. That's great that you explained that uh, the way it works, because I don't ever remember. uh, I failed out of pre-med school. Uh, Had I known I could take it over, maybe I, well, I wouldn't have wanted to do that anyway. I didn't love that. So anyway, another story. But as far as that's just a great lesson, uh, and I think things started to change with you when you studied abroad over in Spain. It seemed to me that you went over there. I think you went over there thinking, here we live in this beautiful beach town, and you called it the San Clemente bubble, and that you could get out of it. And I think two or three weeks later, you wanted to come back home again to that San Clemente bubble. And your your aunt had kind of said that, you know, you got to put your big girl pants on and finish it up. And it seems like that's where you all of a sudden started to go from this self-centeredness towards more of a gratitude. It was a very slow growth. So I I think definitely the seed was planted there, but it took another two years or so after that, at least minimum for me to fully realize where I was at in life and where, and that I didn't want to be where I was at and had to shift directions and try and work towards bettering myself in the long run. It's, It's a really long process when you're deep in that hole of darkness trying to seek the light because it's just so faint. That hope is just so faint that you need to just take baby steps, take little steps, those little movements, the little shifts in your mindset gradually in five years can result in some beautiful, beautiful things. But that process, the journey is not easy whatsoever, but it's worth it 100%. 
I think most of the time we think it's going to be this miraculous instant change. And what you're saying is exactly right. It's it's a journey. It's a process. It can be years. When you get to my age, you even think in decades, see, mm. as far as that goes. Well, so it's nice to hear how it was going. Now, I was also seeing things on the other side here. So we wanted to talk about relationships a little bit. And I remember uh, how some of the bad apples, and once you found uh, a good one, this guy that was really good for you, you know, you ended up breaking up uh, with your boyfriend because you wanted to go and party at some, I don't remember, uh, EDC concert or something like that. That, Yep, that was the second time we dated was my 21st birthday and I wanted to go to a music festival rave type thing. And And you thought it wouldn't be a good idea with your addictive behavior, right? Which he, he was thinking with his brain and I was thinking with my emotions and instant gratification. Yeah, big mistake, right? As far he he was, it's hard to admit that when somebody else is right and you're not. But I was impressed that you eventually, well, after some bad apples, some bad some bad boyfriends, after that, you finally realized that his path was a much better one, and you humbled yourself and rekindled that relationship. Which is that's part of relationships, being able to confront the issues and deal with them, conflict resolution is just so important. Absolutely. And it's not easy. I mean, communication takes a lot of effort on both ends. And it's not something that, oh, wow, one day we're going to wake up and be able to communicate. It's the same situation when you're in a deep, dark personal hole as when you're in a toxic relationship. If both people are willing to work at their own individual toxicity in the relationship, they can work towards improving the relationship overall. But it really takes a team effort to be be able to do that and everybody to be on the same page. And the people who have wronged each other, whether that's one person or both people, need to, like you said, humble themselves. And that's a really challenging thing to do as a young adult who thinks they're totally right in everything. Because (laughs) (laughs) I definitely did. And I had to face reality that that's not the case. And if I want what's best for me, and if I want to be given a a second chance, I needed to lay myself down and work from the ground up, you know, really rebuild what we could be out of nothing instead of bringing those past mistakes into it. It's more, let's clear the table, agree that I was wrong, you were wrong, and whatever that was, and then start over again and really work towards bringing good out of the relationship instead of our selfish desires. Right. Yeah, that that whole selfishness, overcoming that. Uh, A friend of mine, one of my favorite friends, he said that he and his wife had learned early on that, that there's two words that both begin with R that are essential in a relationship. Mm. And you build either one or the other in your relationship, whether it be personal relationships or work relationships or, or any other, you either build respect or resentment. So which is it going to be? Uh, mm. it, the resentment just keeps getting worse. So you've got to somehow get to that point where you can, and that's what you did, humbling yourself, respecting, even though you disagreed with him at that time, you respected him enough to go back and re-talk about it. You could have just let that resentment build up and just become bitter and it, it just wells up inside of you and just eats you away. That resentment is so negative all around to you and 
into the relationship. So it's a very ugly resentment is very ugly on both ends. If somebody mm-hmm. resents you or you resent somebody else, it just builds this ugly is the best word I can describe there. It's just, it really eats you from the inside out and it just seeps out your skin and just destroys everything in your path. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's when folks say, you know, I fell out of love. I think it's more that you let the resentment take over because you love that person. You respected them uh, enough to be with them. Uh, you know, it's anyway, enough on the soapbox. <laughs> you know, as far as that college scenario that we're talking about here, there are also some positives and well, more the negatives here. You did with money. There were some negative mistakes that you made, but there were some some great things, some skills that you showed with money. Yeah, it's kind of that this skill surfaced in an unusual way from you ending up making some mistakes and ending up in the slammer. Uh, should I explain that or would you like to? Leaving L in jail until we release part three may be a little hard to swallow, but there's a ton of powerful lessons that she learned from this unfortunate incident, so we wanted to save all that for the next show. Subscribers uh, can get our shows at the crack of dawn on Thursdays. Maybe you could do a free rate review and subscribe to really help us out. We sure appreciate your support, and until next week, better your best you, everyone. Everyone, wait, many of you are in the 20 to 30 year old age range or you know someone who is just starting out and finds that it's freaking hard transitioning into the real world. I mean, many of our clients come to us with questions like, how do I find the structure I used to have in school? How do other people figure all this adulting stuff out? When will the pain of all these problems go away? Is there a simple way to set up my finances? What things should I prioritize for a better future? Whoa, life is tough. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone. Elle and I have worked with hundreds of people in the same boat, and we've solved the problem with a coaching formula that feels like Superman to the rescue. Here's the scoop. You missed enrollment for our recent eight-week online journey that takes 20 to 30-year-old changemakers from stuck in the muck to purpose-driven confidence, even if you have no time and life feels way out of control right now. Yes, this opportunity is gone, but you can get ready for the next session and reserve a seat because these spots are limited. Go to poweradulting.com slash coaching to learn more and text us from that info page and we'll text you right back to answer all your questions. Again, check us out at poweradulting.com slash coaching. See you there. Elle and I are thrilled you joined us on the Power Adulting Podcast. We love helping you and always want to improve. Feedback is essential for us to produce the absolute best show possible, especially in these early days. Could you help us out by doing a quick rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use? Take a quick pic of your review and send it to us at Power Adulting on Facebook or on Instagram. If you prefer email, the address is contact at poweradulting.com. Either way, Elle and I would be immensely grateful and we'll list you on our website in the Founding Listener Hall of Fame. 
Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week on the Power Adulting Podcast.